everybody, and welcome to another episode of Why Are You Here? It's a podcast with myself and Don Abshire. So we are here today and we're talking about a lot of great things. Um, Don, you and I have been talking um, for the past hour and a half about <laughs> a lot of a lot of great things. And, you know, I think in the question of why, I'm, why are we here, and if I'm thinking about why am I here right now, uh, it's because I would have these conversations with you and would be excited and would want to share all of your wisdom and, and just your stories and everything like that um, with everyone. And so I think that's why I'm here. And so, you know, part of me wish we could have just recorded that last hour and a half um, because it's just, it's a perfect example of why I'm here literally today uh, talking with you. And I'm glad everyone's here and joining us and listening because uh, Don is a gift and, uh, and his wife, Sharon as well. And, um, I'm glad I can bring you into some of our conversations and some of our Amen. talks and, uh, it's a, it's yeah. a really fun thing. So Don, what have you got for us today? Well, I'm, uh, I want to, I want to lead it in with a little bit of scripture out of chapter four of the gospel of Mark and into five. And really the main topic is going to be about the woman that with an issue of blood. Uh, the, the, the reality of it all is this. Um, for me, and reading it through the years is and realizing that uh, the name of this podcast, right, that, that we've been talking about is, is why are you here? And so the, the search for identity is, is a big deal. You're, you're probably hearing it all over the place. Uh, you probably have books on it that you're reading. You know, who am I? And what is my purpose in life? And uh, all those things are great. They're great. The, there's a lot of resource out there to help us to find out why we're here and what we're doing and uh, why we're doing it, right? Uh, all that stuff is, is really great. And so I, I might be being redundant in my approach to why are you here um, is the name of this podcast and that I've been talking about in the past here, whether that be about David and trying to bring the ark into the to Jerusalem and the things that went on during that, the purpose behind that, the idea behind that, uh, the reality of whether it's Mary washing Jesus' feet with her hair and spending this uh, this really a, a tremendous amount of money in this oil. Uh, to do that, as we talked about last time, uh, that having a moment in time, what am I going to do with that moment? Am, am I going to be able to grab a hold of it and say, Man, this is this this is awesome. This is what I feel like the Lord has for me to do. Now, for those of you, if there is a few of you out there that are listening that don't have a relationship to Jesus yet, but you're listening to this, you're kind of you're interested in this. You're trying to figure out, well, why are you here, right? And I, and I will say this right off the right off the bat is that I think that for any of us through time, I mean, I've known the Lord personally for uh, 51 something years, right? 1971, September of 71, I came to the Lord and the Lord became Lord of my life. And I think that's the reality is, is that I've, I've learned to just abide my time in him, uh, enjoy the time with him, have peace with him in that. And I think that's what the world doesn't offer us. It offers us uh, some peace or hope, uh, some security for a little bit, but it seems to be fleeing, right? And we might work really hard, really, really hard, and then all of a sudden, it's something falls apart, and so we we lose that moment. 
And that's not too far from the story that I'm going to uh, look at a little bit deeper in a few moments here uh, about this lady that had an issue of blood that she couldn't get rid of. And uh, so it would be easy to say, I don't want to seek the Lord. I just want to seek a doctor. I need somebody to help me find out how to get rid of this or a financial uh, guru, you know, that's going to help me figure out how to pay my bills uh, whatever the case might be in that one, is that those are all real stuff. It's a, I, I definitely am not saying, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're not important, because they are. It's important that we eat. It's important that we pay our bills. It's important that we're able to fix our car, right, or, or buy some tennis shoes for our children. Uh, all those things are really, they're important. But what is the most important thing of all? I think, I, I think personally, that it's to have a relationship that will not die on me. And I believe that's what Jesus does. That's what he had did for me. Uh, I was thinking I will, whatever I was prior to him, that uh, I was okay and knew everything and so on and on and on, right? Which are many of us think we know what we're doing. But at the same time, I realized there was something missing in my life. And I don't, that's not missing anymore. I know where I'm going. I know what's going to happen. I'm 76 years old now, and uh, uh, that that sounds a little old, but eternity is going to be a lot older. So uh, I'm still pretty young, and that that only gives me the ability to to look at it from the perspective of thinking I've got eternity to go on to, and I want my eternity to be built upon something other than uh, you know, as, as some would say, well, you know, hell and heaven. I don't. I'm probably going to go to hell, and I'll be with my friends, and we'll party. That, that's just not true. That's not going to be any fun. Hell's not going to be any fun. And But heaven is going to be really rich, rewarding, understanding. Uh, we're not going to have problems there. We're going to have fulfillment constantly for the rest of our lives. And our lives are going to go on forever and ever. See, that, that to me, when I hear that story, I go, even though that might be hard to hear if I don't know Jesus personally, but for those of us that do know him personally, that should be something that's just standard in our thinking, right? That's that's the ongoing process. Look, I, if I were to die today in a few moments, I'm going to be with the Lord face to face. I'm going to see him. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And that's good. So I want to go, I want to do this story today with a little of that in mind, is, is that there's a reason for us to be here. And that reason is only going to take a hold of us and come to fruition if I have the understanding of who Jesus is. And that's going to be always my standard when you listen to these podcasts is as if you don't have anything else in your life, but being a Christian, man, you got enough. That's enough because Jesus is enough. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll never change. And I want you to know that I'll always be with you. Now, there's going to be calamity in this life. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be struggles. But in the struggles, the Lord's going to be with us. And some people are going to say, well, if he was really God, he's really this, he's really that. Well, he really is God. And we're going to walk through this thing for a certain amount of time. And then we're going to be done. And we're going to be in a place where he says he's going to wipe away every tear, right? And that we're going to be, we're going to be given things that are way beyond our imagination. So that's what I'm here for today, is to encourage you that there is something more than just your calamity and your failure or your explosion in your life the last week or so. And that is, and so I, I want to just touch a little bit about chapter four, where the Lord is actually teaching uh, a bunch of folks about what's going on. The disciples are with him. And then by the time he gets through that teaching, he gets to chapter five. 
And in chapter five, he starts out by telling a story about a Gadarene guy in a certain a certain area uh, of the countryside where there was a, a gentleman that had been demonized, demon possessed for a long time, was chained up and couldn't make it. And he starts out by going across, he's in his boat and he gets up to this land and the, the guy that's demon possessed runs up to him and then starts yelling at him of sorts. And Jesus touches him and he gets healed and delivered from the demons. And then he's in his right mind, which I, I love the story. And we won't go into it too depthful, but it's something you can read. It's really great in the end, you know, because the guy that had been demonized that nobody could handle, uh, that he in the end says, hey, can I go with you? I want to just hang out with you because I was really in trouble all this time. And you just came along and I'm fixed. I love it. I, this is awesome. And Jesus tells him, no, I want you to go back into the town where you grew up. I want you to tell your friends and your family, right? I want you to tell them what the Lord has done. And I think that's the, the thing that we have for all. I'm always going to be with the Lord. I'm with him right now. And But the Lord still has told me that I am to do this. I'm to tell people about who Jesus is, what he can do, that he's, he's the God of the impossible. And this story that I'm going to really get into is a really a wonderful story of that very issue. And that issue is this is that he goes from talking to this guy, this demon-possessed, delivering him and doing that. He begins to walk to a place, and this gentleman comes up to him that's part of the, the synagogue, uh, one of the priests of the day, so to say. And uh, he comes up and asks him, he says, I need you to come to my house because my daughter is really sick, about to die. And if you lay hands on her, if you touch her, she's going to be fine. So Jesus agrees, and they begin to take off. And then we step into the story that I want to get in a little bit more about this lady. As he's on his way to go to this, this, uh, this synagogue guy's house, um, he, he's, he's, he's walking along and a lot of people are around him. And they're chasing him. And then all of a sudden he says, in the midst of this all, a, a lady runs through the crowd, crawls through the crowd, somewhere or another gets through the crowd that has had an issue of blood for a long, long time, right? Uh, 12 years, in fact, and that's pretty long time. So you think about problems that we have like for a week or two or three or something like that, that all of a sudden I go back and back up and think about this, this lady going, wow, you went through this for how long? And, uh, but she's, she went for like 12 years. She spent all of her money. She'd gone to doctors all over the place. They hadn't not only not helped her give her healing, um, or comfort in this all, but it got worse. So she's not only spent her money and gone everywhere she thought she could go to get this corrected. And then all of a sudden, she's just like, she's done. But I think she probably heard stories about this Jesus guy and that uh, she knew enough about it that this was like a last resort. And so I, I want to touch on a couple of things in this for our lives is that I want to ask first and foremost, what would you do? to get to Jesus. If he was walking through town or if he was at a place, what would you do to get to him? If you were especially in a fix, whatever it was in your in your in your family. And she was in a place at that point in time having an issue of blood was not a fun thing to have. She was actually considered as dirty, right? That people didn't want to be around her. And I'm sure that after 12 years that a lot of people had said, "Well, just get, kill yourself and get rid of this." That, that thought had come, Lord, I, 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 I can't do this, right? So she probably had a lot of people trying to help her uh, just finish off her life because they, they were tired of hearing the story. 
So how you doing today, uh, Betty? You know, uh, well, man, the blood issue is just horrible. I, I, I don't know what to say. I just, it's horrible. And people get tired of hearing those things over and over and over again. So she was probably at the end of her rope, so to say. And I think that when we talk about hope in particular, that we think that we, when we have hope, how many times had she had hope that she was going to get better? Every time she went to the doctor, that she was thinking, okay, this could be it. I'm going to go. I've, I've got a little bit of money left. I'm going to go to this doctor now. I've been to a few of them. But this, everybody tells me this guy is the, he's it, man. I mean, he knows, he knows his stuff. And uh, so you kind of look through that and, uh, and she goes and no dice. He does it up. So how many times had she had hope built up that she, I, I, oh, I hope this is it. I hope this is it. And that just done, did nothing at all. So how was her hope level? Did she have any at all? Well, apparently she had a little bit, a little bit left. She didn't have any money, right? But she had enough that she would get up and she would literally uh, crawl through the crowd. So I'm going to read this first in context of what I'm talking about. And then we'll talk just a little bit more about it. Starting in chapter five in verse 25, it says, and now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, which I love this part, that she didn't touch him because she was unclean. Excuse me, got an itchy nose there. And uh, uh, that she, she didn't touch him's person as much, but she knew that she just touched the hem of his garment. I love this a lot. This is great because the reality was is that he, he wore these clothes and she knew that this had part of him in it. This was him still. So all she had to do was do that. She crawled through the crowd, right? So she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. And for in verse 28, for she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So first of all, in this whole story that she comes up with the thing is that she uh, she believes she, she has faith. This is what faith is right here. If I just touch his clothes, I am going to be made well. She didn't go, I hope I am. Maybe I'll be. She goes, no, I'm going to be made well. Verse 29 says, immediately the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt, which I love that word too. I've got it circled in my Bible here. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now, I, I look at that and I go, wow, that's awesome. I love the fact too, is that I don't think we can live off our feelings completely. But when something happens to us, when we experience something that we can feel, I know for me, this is something that I, I do when I pray for people. If I'm praying for some kind of a physical healing on them or a mental healing, right? That when I'm praying for them, I'm actually... Uh, at the end of it, I'm going to say, if I pray for them for two or three minutes or five minutes or whatever, I, at the end of it, I'm going to go look at them and say, is, is there any change? Do you feel anything, right? Is, are you experiencing anything? I, I'm going to ask them about that. And I don't, I don't get bummed out because they go, no, nah, I don't feel anything. That Whatever you said didn't, didn't work at all. Uh, I don't get hurt by that because I just think, well, let's pray a little bit more and we'll see what happens. We'll do it up. I'm going to believe for the Lord and we'll go from there. 
But at the same time, I want them to respond if something is happening in their body, right? If something's happening in their thoughts, if they feel relief at all, I want them to know about it. And I'm going to ask them about it. And it's, it's good for me, too. I'm not saying it's not. I love that when people go, wow, man. But, I, you know, I had my leg was hurting horribly when you but you prayed and I could feel something transpiring in that moment where my leg just wow when it's just strong it's awesome my back or my headache I had a headache horrible headache I, and all of a sudden hey look I can think straight I'm in my right mind right I love that that's awesome I want to keep doing that forever you know why because the Lord says I want you to go out and pray for those that need to be prayed for now this lady here she didn't quite have that ability to believe that she could just go to anybody and have them pray for him. She knew that she could, if she touched the hole in Jesus's clothes, though, that she was going to be made well. And immediately upon touching them, it said that she felt something in her body transform. She felt something take place that had not been there before because she had 12 years of experience of it not working. Now, all of a sudden, out of this guy walking through a crowd, a bunch of people, doing it up that she could touch the, his clothes. And all of a sudden she felt, wow, this is cool. I'm a new woman. And it says in verse 29, that, or verse 29, I'm going to read that again. Immediately the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. In verse 30, it says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself, power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? <laughs> I love this too. I mean, there's another another version of this too. In the Greek, this word power is also compassion. There was something he he experienced literally, I think, love going out from him, right? Because that's who he was. He is love. And he wants that to be distributed through himself and through you and I. Those of us that know the Lord, right? Those of you, if you're listening to this and you don't know him, he wants that for you. You're not odd or out of touch. He wants you to come to grips with, he is the savior of the world. And he wants to be your healer. He wants to heal other people. He wants to change their lives. He wants us each one to have an understanding of who he is. He doesn't want to keep us in the dark. But if we choose not him, then the dark is our friend. We want to live in those places. But the reality is, is that the Lord says, I want to bring you into the light. I want to light you up, right? You've heard that one, huh? I want to light you up. And I think that's the great thing that the Lord is doing for all of us. He's lighting us up with hope that we're coming to a time in our society, on the world, that it's a lot of crazy stuff is going on. But I want you to know today, if you have issues, you crawl through the crowd and you get a hold of the hem of the garment of Jesus because he's going to heal you. He's going to do it. I don't care what you have right now in your bodies, whatever's going on from your head to your toes. If you've got diabetes, if you've got kidney problems, if you've got cancer, if you've got whatever, the Lord is the great healer. And he loves the stories of impossibility. He loves the story of complete failure because that's when he can come in. When we come to the end of our rope and say, all I got to do is if I could just get to Jesus, it's all going to be okay. Amen. That's what's happening. So I love this when he gets to that place. 
he understands all of a sudden that something's happened in him. And I love the response from the guys around him, right? As we end there, he says, who touched my clothes? In verse 31, he says, and his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you. I mean, around you, touching you, doing all these things. And you say, who touched me? They're going like, wait a second, Jesus. I, I don't get it. You're asking this thing and all these people are pushing on us. Throng literally means pressure, right? That there was things, all these people were trying to get him as he's trying to get to Jarius's house to, to, to lay hands on his daughter so that she'll be healed. He's just trying to get there. And there's just such a crowd around him because of who he was and what he stood for, what he was saying, what was literally happening from his life. The people were being delivered and touched and healed and changed. And people were responding to that. People were talking, I was one of those guys, they said. I was one of those girls. I had this, I had that. I'm changed now. And now he's in the midst of this. And they're asking him, what, what do you mean? That who touched you? All these people are touching you. And he's going, no, this one's different. This one's completely different. This is somebody that had an issue that couldn't be taken care of by all the doctors in the land, by all the money that you could have. This couldn't be touched. This was impossible. And you know what, guys? He doesn't say this, but I'm the God of the impossible. That's who he is. I'm the God of the impossible. That's why I'm here. And out of all these people that are touching me, there's one person, one individual that had the gumption, right? The hope for a moment or two that if I just get to him, I'll be okay. And then I can have a regular life with my friends and my families. I don't have to tell them the story anymore about what I, what, what I just, I don't hurt. I, 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 I hurt so much and I, da, 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 da. I don't have to do that anymore. I get to tell them now I was, I was at home and I heard about the Jesus coming by and I just crawled through the crowd. I got to him. I touched his clothes and I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm not the same. I'm a different person now. That's what he did. That's what Jesus is to me. And that's, you can imagine her testimony from then on, how she got to tell that story to all the people that knew of her, her their, their neighbors like that. Oh, that's the lady over there that was sick forever. And she got touched by Jesus. Jesus came through town a little while back and she grabbed a hold of his clothes, not even him. He didn't even pray for her. It just went out from him because she got close to him. And isn't that's the point of this all? that we need to get close to Jesus. And if you're today, you're a Christian and you're crying out for understanding and, and what I get, how do I get out of this Lord? And what, how come this is going on? Whatever we kind of ask, we're praying a little bit and we're going to friends we're doing, is to go get closer to the Lord. Grab your Bible and read a little bit, then meditate on it. Pray, get before the Lord with all your heart. Do what this lady did. She crawled through the crowd. What would you do? That's what I asked you in the beginning of this. What would you do to get close to Jesus? What is the answer to that? What would I do? And I said, first of all, I know for me that I would give him everything. Whoever I am, whatever I've done, all my sins, all my mess ups, all my arrogance, my pride, all of those things I want to give to him because I want him to be the Lord of my life. And we're going to talk about lordship here in the next month or so. We're going to be a time where we're going to get together and we're just going to spend a time or two, probably at least, 
on lordship, what it means, what it is, how we should respond to it, right? How we do the things that we do if we give up ourselves. Because Jesus says, if we need him, if we want him, we need to die to self. Because if we die to self, we'll get eternal life. If we try to live for ourselves, then we're going to die for eternity and not a part of goodness. So the point of being going or going to a God that is capable of dealing with the impossible, then this is the story for you. Take a hold of this, right? Take a hold of this lady that had no other alternatives. She was tapped out. She didn't have anything. But she had come to the grips of the place. I, I, maybe she'd heard. It doesn't say she did. But I'm assuming that. I'm going to add that to it a little bit in the sense that she might have heard about Jesus, that she knew what was going on. And then in the midst of all that, she's capable of saying, there's no obstacle that's going to stop me from getting to this guy. Right? People don't want to touch me, don't want to hang out with me, don't want to do these things. Right? That, that in doing that all, that she said, I'm going to go for the guff, the, for the for the golden ring, right? I'm going to reach out and I'm going to grab it. I'm going to get a hold of it and it's going to fix me. And it did. And then 31, it says, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude actually crashing around you. And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling imagine some stuff was going on inside of her, right? Fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Can you imagine? Not only is she telling them the whole truth, but all these other people are hearing the story. Now, maybe not everybody knew about her, but I'm telling you, they had to listen. This woman had a voice all of a sudden in all of life. All of a sudden, she didn't know that she had a voice anymore. People didn't want to listen to her. People didn't care about what was going on in her life. They were tired of hearing the story. But all of a sudden, this woman had a voice. The Lord says, I'm giving you a voice of voices. People are going to hear this story right now. And we're reading it right now a couple of thousand years down the road. We're, lead, we're hearing the voice of this woman that thought she didn't have anything left, didn't know where to go to, thought she was just going to die alone. But all of a sudden, she was brand new. She'd been made new and afresh. And she had a voice. And she told him the whole story, the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, I, I, I look at that story and I think, I love it. Because I... No, in my life, 51-something years of knowing Jesus, many times I've thought of this story, and I've, I've crawled through the crowd. I've, I've laid down everything around me to just so I could get closer to the Lord, to Jesus. Because that name, at that name, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. That, that's what I want to give to you today. What would you do? That is the question. What would you do to get to Jesus? What would you give up in your life? Would you give up the lack of hope? Or would you give up the idea that you know what you're doing that hasn't worked? Your business has just failed. You've just gone through some struggles. You've just gone through some things that, wow, I, I don't, we're done. 
you've you've gone in and you've told your husband, you've told your wife, I I, I just was at work and they fired me. I don't I don't know what we're gonna do. And you look at each other, husband and wife, and you say to each other, what what are we gonna do? How many of you have said that? How many have used that phrase? What are we what are we gonna do now? I know that Sharon and I, my wife and I, that through the years, we've been married 48 years. And there's been more than a few times, we I don't count them, but there's been more than a few times that we look at each other and go, what do we do now? How are we going to get past this moment? And we have so many moments that we felt like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is it. This is the end. And then all of a sudden we'd be fixed. And then we get to look at each other and think of all the times that we've had that we thought, okay, the Lord's just going to take us home right now. It's done. We can't, we can't fix this. We don't know what to do. And the Lord would do it somewhere or another. He would rush in, sneak in, quietly do some stuff, rearrange this over here, take one of those down there. He'd add something here. He'd get, bring somebody. Somebody would call us on the phone. Somebody come by the house. Somebody, something would take place. And then all of a sudden, we felt relieved of the pressure of trying to do something on our own. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that we got to that place many times that the Lord again, again, and again would say, I want you to depend on me. So this story is that story. This story is for you today. This story, if, you've, if you're going through something right now, if you've just lost your job or your car just broke for the second time in the month and you don't have any money to get it fixed, I'm going to ask the Lord. We're going to pray in a little bit. And the Lord is going to come and do a miracle in your life. He's going to say, you don't give up. Don't give up. Just give in. Not to the world. Not to the idea that that the world can give you something that you need that's going to satisfy you. That nothing in the world is going to satisfy us. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the great cars in the world. You can have the greatest job in the world. But in the end, without Jesus, there is no satisfaction. Because we could live a life here on this earth apart from him, thinking everything's all right. But then in the end, it's not going to be good. So don't let the world dictate to you how you're going to be at peace because the peace that Jesus gives is not like the world. But he says, the peace I give to you will last. It can't be stolen away. The, you, you, we, to be, un, to be at, at, at ease or uh, uh, not at peace is to me to give it away and to say, well, I don't want to be at peace. I would rather be crazy. I'd rather be confused. I'd rather be frustrated. I'd rather be angry, right? I'd rather be uptight about everything. I'd, I'd, I'd just, I just I don't like the way people drive. I don't like the way the people talk. I don't like the people that respond to me. I don't like the people at the store. All the things that just, I, I'm just uptight all the time. What changes that? What would you do to get to Jesus? Would you crawl through the crowd? When everything is bad, when you feel like, I think I've done everything. I, I think, uh, man, I, I have prayed. I've asked, I've gone to the pastor. 
I had some friends pray for me too. Well, I'm saying don't give up. Don't give up. There's a story in Luke, and I think it's chapter 18, that says a lady that goes to a, a secular leader, and she's complaining about an issue that she wants him to deal with. And she keeps going and going. And he's like, I man, I'm so tired of this lady coming to me. I'm so come on. And then finally he says, All right, I'll talk to her. Okay, I'll, all right, I'll fix it. This is the world. And the Lord's using that portion of scripture to say, Don't give up in your prayers. Don't believe that I don't hear you. And because the Lord doesn't respond immediately, and I'll tell you, I've, I've wondered a couple of times, I said, Lord, this, this looks awful, right? If you don't do something like right now, man, I'm in trouble. And then some way or another, I don't know, I don't like kind of to explain it, but there's something happens inside because I believe in the peace of God. And somewhere or another, that kind of settles on me to remember that, Lord, you're going to take care of this. I don't know how we're going to pay that. I don't know how we're going to fix that. I don't. And then somewhere or another, it just happens. You do it. You do it. When Sharon and I moved here from California, uh, in the in, in like in December of night of 2019, in 2021, we have a couple of our kids here, some grandchildren uh, for a while, five years. We love it. And uh, but we were in California at a ministry and we loved that ministry. And as people ask me, said, when are you going to go to Tennessee so you can be with your family? I said, when the Lord lets us leave California, when the Lord releases us, because I've learned after all these years. I don't want to do anything that is out of character of being obedient to the Lord. Now, have I been disobedient at times? Yeah, there's been some times where I've kind of fallen off the wagon, so to say. But hopefully only for a few moments that I catch or the Spirit of the Lord catches me in that moment and says, Hey, Don, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm right here. I'm still right here. Are you going to trust me? And then I will back up and go, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will. I will trust you. And I think that's the, the great part of this all, is that I can continue to trust him to do whatever. And as Sharon and I get older, as our 48 years turns into 49 and 50, if the world ends tomorrow, we're satisfied with the point is we're going to see Jesus face to face. Are you good? Do you feel that way today? You feel like that if it all ends, if something happens and that you die, are you satisfied with the fact is you're going to see him face to face and it's going to be good. It's not going to be bad. It's going to be good. That that's this lady's story. That's her. But can you imagine what she felt like? I mean, it says she felt a change happening in her body. She knew because of 12 years of going through this, that she was She was in agony. She had no friends. She was a loner. All these things that were going on. But that this moment in time in her life, that for once, for years, 12 of them, she could go, man, (laughs) this is so cotton-picking cool. This is so more than I could ever imagine. I, 
I feel like a new kid. I don't know how old she was, but she was old enough. She was old enough to go through hurt and discouragement and loneliness. (laughs) How many of us are lonely because of the problems in our life, because of the things that are going on that we wish God would fix? Could you just fix this right now? And I go like, well, <laughs> I, 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 uh, the Lord doesn't do that. He doesn't go, well, let, let me see. I got to look at my calendar, right? I got to look and see if I got a chance to see. What's your name again? I'll, uh, let me see if I can get to you. Well, how about the, the next month I can get to you? I've got a lot going on. You know who God is? I mean, I got a lot. You know, the Lord doesn't, it's not like that. How we understand the omniscience right? The omnipresence of God, God being everywhere all the time, knowing everything, counting the hairs on our heads. We we haven't witnessed eternity, but we are witnessing the beginning of it now. If you know Jesus, then you are in the beginning of eternity with the Lord God Almighty. If you don't know him, then this is your day. If you listen to this at all, I am asking you, I'm begging you, don't turn away from Jesus. Don't back off from this. You hear this story, this could be your story, that you might have to crawl through a crowd to get to Jesus. That people might be saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't, that Christianity stuff is no good. Don't do that. Now they don't know what they're doing. It's just blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to that. It's a lie from the enemy himself, from Lucifer that wants to run it all. And he can't, he won't, he hasn't. He failed. He had it all and he gave it up because he wanted control. And only God can have that. And he's got it for you today. So all you have to do is say, Lord, Jesus, I don't know how to say the words. And you don't even have to say what I say. What you have to do is just get on your knees wherever you are. And if you're in your car, don't do that, right? If you're in your car, pull over to the side of the road and just say, God, I'm sorry. Jesus, change my life. Fill me up. I want to be a Christian. I want to be Christ-like. Say those words. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I think we're going to have fun in a little bit. You know, Grant, I, I was telling a little early that uh, just saying that in the, in, within this next month, I want to do a, a couple of times at least where we're going to talk about the lordship of Jesus. And I think that's, I, I think it's going to be paramount. It's going to be big because yeah. I think you people need to hear about the lordship of Jesus and what that does for you. What peace that brings to your life. I mean, don't you don't you think that oh, that'd be fun? I think I think we should spend the next six years talking about it. So I'm in. <laughs> awesome. That's, it is one of those subjects, right? Uh, not that there's not other great subjects to do. Don't get us wrong. But it is one of the subjects that will set us each one on a course of peace and understanding. Mm-hmm. And. I think the scriptures tell us all that. It says, get wisdom, get knowledge, get all that stuff, but get understanding with it. You can't just 
live your life thinking, well, I'm a wise person, right? I know the scriptures. I know that up. But the reality of the Lord says, get some understanding. You can't just know words. You have to know the person that is the word. And that's what the Lord says. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, says, at the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing that was, was ever created or had its life, had its breath without Jesus. And that's what I'm saying to you today. So if you need to pull the car over for a little bit, if you need to get home in a few moments, if you're in your house, you're sitting down by your couch, a chair in your room, your kitchen, bow your head before the Lord right now and say, Jesus, save me. I need to be saved. I want you to be in my life. I want to be what you are, Father. I want to be your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. That's it for me today. I could keep talking about it, but I think that's okay for today. <laughs> That'll do. That'll, That'll do. do it. Thank you so Amen. much for taking time. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll be right back next time uh, with another episode of Why Are You Here? A podcast with Don Apshire. 